0: Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls, beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike. Abner is a pro at entertaining the world and both in and out of the boxing ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. They chat about topics like the state of boxing and sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris, wherever you get your podcast, episodes in English out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Bring in yeah, Darren O'Day. To... Enter Darren O'Day for Our, our best weird we guy. Him, we can give like him I don't know free credit to the vending machine and he'll come. Like just give Darren O'Day any contract and that's that. You don't even have to be the Yankees for that. Like that's a guy that the A's would sign in Moneyball. Like we'd lo- get Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day actually might be right up there with DJ LeMayu for me to sign. I want Darren O'Day to be in pinstripes. <laughs> with that All being right. said, I also want... Yankee <laughs> 5 Alright, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 74, I think it is. 74. We've had enough time to grieve, we took a little bit of a week off, we needed some time. It was... But obviously that sucked. You know what though, it's a 60 game season, let's move on to the real stuff. Who cares, the Astros are eliminated now, didn't know who to root for in that, but, you know, it's over. Who cares, whatever. We're on to the next, but before we move on to the next and talk about off-season stuff, we wanted to do a little bit of a recap about this year. Obviously, we didn't give a recap about the last game. We did the game, the episodes after each game, but you know, whatever—that's in the past. We'll move on. As a whole, with the season, Damon, what was the se- what was one thing that shocked you the most?
1: Shocked me. Um, I mean, a lot, but I know we're going to talk about this a lot. But I think that the thing that shocked me the most, which is probably the most depressing part of the whole season in my opinion, was was Gary Sanchez. And I say shocked because I think in the beginning of the season, you, me, and probably every other Yankee announcer was like, he is the the best bat in the lineup, right? He, he can be that, that unsung hero that we're all going to rely on and that, like, the guy who's going to hit five and six the whole season pulls together, hit 20 bombs, and really really tie his whole lineup together and he was just the complete fucking opposite of what we wanted to do i mean it was the worst, the it, was the worst. worst. it was the there's worst there's no
0: sugarcoating i'm not even gonna, like the percentile rankings in stat cast he ranked second percentile in k percentage that's fucking bad it's not what you want 11th in whiff percentage 12th in sprint speed he never was going to be good at that Oh, but his exit velo was 87th, and hard hit percentage was 91%. Like that, I don't give a shit about he, that. If you're going to hit it one out of every 100 times, I don't care if you hit it a million miles per hour. It doesn't fucking matter to me.
1: Gary, Gary Sanchez almost made me want to rename what the Mendoza line was named after. I want it to now be named the Sanchez line. Well, because he's, got,
0: he's well below it. He's got his own he's line. Well he's well below 40, it. He's 147 for the year.
1: 147. All right. So I think from now on, I think below 150 is the Sanchez line. I'm 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 naming that I'm trademarking that because he there has to be something that recognizes how fucking terrible he was this season, and I mean, it's honestly questioning the his future on the New York Yankees. So, which is something I would
0: never have thought I would say months ago. Well, since 2017, Gary, or 20 whatever, Gary, that he really hasn't he, been. He's
1: been he's been riding
0: that high
1: of what was that the month of May or whatever it was where he hit yeah when he
0: broke into the 14 league and home hit, runs and he was the. He was the biggest power hitter since Babe Ruth. And now you look at his stats and everything since then, the dust settled, and now he's batting 236 for his career. He's obviously got 115 home runs, which everybody likes to talk about. But, you know, even even Hal just said, we're confident that Gary's going to get back to form. And I don't know how you could... I don't know what Gary he's watching, because I would not be confident that Gary can return to form. And honestly, I don't give a fuck. Why don't we just give up on him already? You clearly did. He's been given up. He's not a personal. We didn't. We did the personal catcher thing, but then it became Higgy just straight up starting over Gary. So why are we like going back into the Gary conversation? I feel like it was over and done with, and Higgy won the starting job when it mattered. If you're going to start Higgy in the playoffs, I feel like it'd be fair to assume that he might start in, in a irrelevant game in the regular season to start. I mean. Probably going to play the, the thing, Orioles to start, too. And, you know, Garrett Cole is going to start. So he's going to obviously get the not opening day. So then, I, mean, I don't know. I think Gary's use in the future, I don't know where Hal's coming from saying that we're going to get him back. I think he's just trying to be optimistic. But
1: the the thing is that, like, I, I do believe Sanchez is a good hitter or or can be. I don't. <laughs> but, like, I just, I feel like we've been saying, again, like you said before, since 2017, we've been saying that for three years. Like, we, we constantly have been saying, when's oh, yeah, Gary going to that- be back? His, his bat makes up for his defense oh yeah don't worry he' he'll, he'll turn it up oh yeah don't worry it's okay and then, like we've been saying that for so long and now it gets to the point where we have Higgy who is proven a proven defensive player he saved numerous numerous runs in the playoffs and for some weird reason he's been hitting the crap out of the ball so in my in my opinion if Higgy continues to play that way in the first couple of games of the season why take him out? There's absolutely no reason. He's a so, better defensive player, and he's a better hitter
0: than Sanchez has been. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen every game. You see the numbers. I'm not going to pull them up right now, but everybody's seen the numbers that Higgy, everybody catching with Higgy versus everybody catching with Gary. That's not a coincidence. Gary is clearly, I'm not going to call him dumb, but certainly not a smart catcher. I mean, if the numbers. I think lost, lost is the word.
1: Lost is the word, in my opinion. I mean,
0: dumb could be. On both, both sides of the plate. <laughs>
1: I think loss is a little bit politer of saying dumb, but yes. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'm not going to go out and test the guy. I don't know his IQ or anything like that, but, you know, I mean, honestly, other sports do test your IQ. I remember back in the day when we were doing fantasy and there's, I don't know, I would like to get my hands on an IQ report because that would come full circle. But anywho,
2: that's enough shitting on Gary's
0: intelligence, but he's just not a good baseball player. I don't don't think he's going to get back to where he was. He looked lost. He can't catch up to a fastball that's 95 and now everybody in the league throws 100. So I don't know, he has no place on this team. And honestly, we'll get into it later with the free agents, but there's better catchers in the league. He's not he's a catcher who can't catch and that has no place in the MLB, let alone on the Yankees. I would prefer, like I've been saying on this podcast for the longest time, I would prefer to have a catcher who can just catch and then You don't have to be the best offensive player because we have one through eight who can provide on offense. So that doesn't matter as much to me. I want you to catch because that costs more runs in the end if you let up a pass ball in the ninth inning and Britton throws one in the dirt and you can't stop it. You saw it in the games where Higgy's catching. Higgy is dancing around there. Higgy loves it. He loves that shit. That's what he catches for. And apparently, he's way older than everybody thought he was. He's been on the Yankees for like thirteen years, so he knows his way around the Yankees. Yeah, Um, I think
1: he's. I think he's still only like thirty or something, though.
0: I know, but he's been on the Yankees for like twelve years, and I didn't know that until they said it like halfway through this year. I think. Yeah, they they sign these kids when they're
1: fifteen. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so you, if you've gun to your head, you had to choose between Higgy and Gary to. Not only start opening day, we know it's going to be probably personal catcher situation, but going into this year, these are the only two guys you can't get a free agent, let's say, for this, for all intensive purposes. Who would you pick? In my opinion, I'm going with Higgy.
1: Obviously, a start, and then I'm going to keep him in. And then I think what Boone should do is either throw Gary in, well, honestly, no, because I was going to say DH, but now they just announced that John Carlos Stan is never going to play the outfield again, so he's going to be that designated hitter. <laughs> which forever, blows my mind. Which blows my mind. It's a whole different conversation, but I think that you know Sanchez should get a couple starts when Higgy needs a break, and then kind of see how he's doing. Maybe one boost trade value if we can and two, see if he can still play if it, was, if it wasn't a fluke of a season where he just shit the bed again and again and again. I think like we need to kind of give him those the benefit of the doubt and play him in those starts that you rest Higgy. But in my opinion right now, I think the way Higashioka has been playing, there's no reason to sit him. There's absolutely no reason. Yeah, agreed. And especially because he's a, defense, he's a defense, defensive guy. There's, there's
0: no reason. Words. Same. Words are words. Yeah. <laughs> one of the few times we'll ever agree. Let's move on. So, another thing that well, I, we kind of went completely off track. I was asking you what shocked you the most this season. I didn't even tell you what I what shocked me this season. Yeah. And honestly, I have been a void hater. I've been very vocal about how much I didn't like Void in the beginning of the season. Obviously, I'm I'm wrong. Like there's nobody else in the world who's a void hater anymore, especially since I mean, this whole team gets hurt, and he straight up is the only guy. He was hurt half the year. He had plantar fasciitis, whatever you want to call it, and he still played through it, and he still led the league, the league, not the AL in home runs. So, I mean, when you look at that, you can't hate the guy. I hated the guy. I don't hate the guy anymore. I mean, you look at a guy like Greg Bird, that was the guy who he's he's, he's taken over after. It's not like Didi's job. Didi had a job to you know be the successor after Derek Jeter. I mean... Didn't really have big shoes to fill when he came in after, you know, Greg Bird. But <laughs> uh, since then, Voight has been unbelievable. He clearly wants to be on the field, unlike some players on the team. He plays through injuries for the entire year and he does really well. So, you know, he's looking like he's going to be healthy. Obviously, he's dealing with, the, he's in like a boot right now, but he's probably going to be fine going into next year. But yeah, he definitely absolutely shocked me and, in a, in a great way unlike Gary yeah. so he
1: he surprised the shit out of me I remember in the beginning of the season we were talking we're doing these um roll call episodes by each player and we did uh, a Luke Voight and Mike Ford episodes we were talking about each other and the other and like each of the episodes and I was all for Mike Ford starting I was like Luke Voigt isn't going to be anything this year I I need I need Mike Ford in the lineup every day I said that probably every episode, and he just proved me and I probably a lot of other Yankee fans wrong.
0: And I mean, you part, weren't the only he one. Proved the whole I, was, I was the leader of that. I was trying to. Like, yeah, you were. I was coming at Void's throat. I didn't want him. Yeah, at first base at all. Which obviously I looked like a fucking fool after that. But yeah, I mean, Mike Ford was playing well at the time. He's a lefty bat, so I know how much Boone cares about the whole lefty righty situation. So. That was my premise for it, but obviously, I still stand by why I said it to begin with. Like, obviously, hindsight, yeah, he had twenty-two home runs after I said that, so you know, old takes exposed. But the, I, the reasoning was still there. Like, I still, yeah, would stand I would still make the same decision, or not decision. I would still say the same thing beforehand. Yeah, if you ask because, me again yeah. in that moment, yeah.
1: It, it, he just he surprised everybody, and he really did put the team on his back. And I think because of him playing through injuries, him showing out when everyone else was injured, and him just producing like a motherfucker and hitting twenty two bombs and being the home run leader, he just he is a team MVP in my opinion. I know we disagreed on that a little bit, but it was a very close decision between Lemayhew and Voigt to be the team MVP, but. In my opinion, Voight was that guy because of him playing through injuries and him showing out when everyone else was down, and that was huge. And We would not have made it that far without Luke Voight.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what we just said, what surprised us the most. I'll tell you what didn't surprise me is that we keep getting injured. So I I have a whole offseason plan that I, 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 I'm not going to blow it up, but some changes need to be made, and I'm not shocked because – It's not a fluke. It wasn't a fluke the first time that next man up was a thing. It's just the players we have are fucking injury prone. Like, that's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And there's no, like, now that it happened twice, maybe I would have been, maybe I am shocked this year that it happened again, but I won't be shocked next year if it happens again and the same players are the ones that we're relying on. Because Mm -hmm. it's clearly the players at this point. Some of them, yes, some of them were flukes. Some aren't injury prone, and you know they were just getting hurt this year. Like Glaber got hurt for a little bit, Gio got hurt for a little bit. But the guys like Judge and the guys like Stanton are injury prone. There's no ifs ands or buts about it. It's just the way. I mean, obviously, and
1: you can't and you can't like you can't go out and say, "Oh yeah, he's going to be our our designated hitter for the foreseeable future," and then not say he's not injury prone. Like, he is injury yeah. prone. That is why he's a designated hitter. Let's you that a little pub- bit more. That's why you've publicly said that he is never going to play the outfield again.
0: Ever. And he has... Ever. I mean, how many years left does he have in his contract? Seven? Too many. I don't know. So, the fact, that actually blows my mind that they even came out and said that. Obviously, we kind of knew it. But to say it is just like... It seems concrete to me. It's like, okay, you're never going to play the field again. Even though you're a capable fielder, it's just you're that injury-prone that we have now handcuffed ourselves to have your DH be you every single time. Can't give everybody else a break like we like to and do the whole rotation thing where you know we like to platoon an occasional Mike Ford or give Voight a break and move DJ to first. You can't do that anymore. You can't. You just just have to have him DH every single time. And... That being said, we have a fat contract who is now a DH all the time. Another one who's probably going to be that if trends continue is Aaron Judge. So what what are we going to happen now? That actually plays a major factor in him being extended long term because if he can't play the field, if he keeps getting injured, why not announce him to be an everyday DH now? And if he's an everyday DH now, then we we can't DH two people. So it honestly kind of fucks us a lot in terms of the – moves to make for the future and the flexibility with the lineup every day so yeah i just can't believe Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say two things about that first thing
1: um this almost i sorry i i hope this doesn't become a chris davis situation remember what happened to chris davis when he batted like two and
0: 247 they had to
1: put in a for
0: six just, years, he's bad
1: too. Not that Chris Davis, the white one, white Chris Davis.
0: Oh, oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Chris Davis, Chris with the C, batted like Chris with the C. He was only in the lineup because they were paying him and he couldn't hit the ball. he He broke the record for the most at bats without a hit, right?
0: Well, that's Gary. The Gary was that. Gary's gonna be that if we keep doing that,
1: yeah. But then like they had to get, they put him in the lineup every day because his contract was so big. And I hope that doesn't happen with a John Carlos Dan, where he is just not doing well, but
0: they feel obligated to start him. No, and- no. no. Well, I mean, that was that is an, a ridiculous... Connection that you just made. Is that because, ridiculous? Yes, because when Is Stan isn't Chris Davis, Stan was the best hitter. He had the team on his back. So Hey, listen.
1: But, hey, listen. Chris Davis was their best hitter at 1.2.
0: I mean, you can't just make a rash assumption that he's just going to become the worst player ever to play baseball. Chris Davis took six home runs. Won. Yeah, but you're okay. Just because Stan. Okay, so anybody else in the world that's doing well right now, you're just going to be like, okay, he could become Chris Davis. No, like nobody goes that night and day like that. Chris Davis was. Literally, historically, the worst baseball player to ever play baseball, and you can't. There is no assumption you can make with any player to say that they'll become that, unless they already are. Chris Davis, in which case, fine. You can't just say, "Oh, like, what if John Carlos Stanton becomes Chris Davis after literally hitting seventeen home runs in the playoffs and being our only offense? Because he's a good player. He's never shown so that he ever would." I am just,
1: I am just saying, it everyone just thought Chris Davis was the best player in the world at one
0: point. Okay, that doesn't just happen. It, it to does people. just happen to people. No, and it again, does not, not. That not, does not happen not, not, to people. I am not. They didn't have saying a hit that. for like four months. I don't they, care. They would always I'm go up. Not... The, they would always go and show like, oh, the last time Chris Davis got a hit, you know, the Cleveland Browns got won a Super Bowl or some nonsense <laughs> like that. That just doesn't happen.
1: I'm just saying that I, if he's going to clog up the DH spot, I hope he's on a short leash. I don't want him to no! go. O oh, for 36 no. and then keep him out there. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say.
0: Well, that's not, true. That's not go- correct because he's not clogging in the DH spot whatsoever. He's a good hitter. It's just. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm
1: no, saying not if at he, all. I don't want. Okay. So let me rephrase. I don't want him to go O for 36 and then because he's still healthy, Boone feels obligated to keep him in the lineup every day. I don't want him to clog up that DH spot even if he's being, if he's not hitting the ball. Who, you start, that's who are you
0: starting over? Giancarlo Sen. Name one player.
1: Anyone else is hitting. Anyone else is hitting. Okay. Name one player. Tyler Wade. You're, you're, I, you can't, I can't
0: just assume he's going to be hot in guys 2021. The These are guys off the bench. Other guys are going to be starting. I don't care. Other guys have a if position. Mike Somebody Ford's, who doesn't if Mike have Ford's a position.
1: hitting 400, I'd rather him hit. No. Oh, my God. No. You're, you're, you're.
0: Saying I'm you're wrong, turning off into Boone. That hasn't no, even you're turning into Boone. Yet. You're going with just the guy, like, you're going with uh, some like analytics I am and shit. I'm making a hypothetical. All right, we got I'm way not, off. I'm tab. making a we hypothetical. Got, we're clearly going nowhere. I'm never going to agree with what you just said. I'm sure nobody okay. agrees.
1: I I highly doubt that. I think a lot of people would agree with me. Chandler, what do you think?
2: I, I'm not even making, I'm making, Chandler a does he make any that hasn't happened has yet. Okay, I get what you're saying, I do. But Chris Davis went over fucking fifty. <laughs> it can happen, happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. No, That's all I'm saying. No, it can't.
0: Can anyway. Oh my god. How
1: can,
3: how can you say that? How can you
0: say how can you say it's that? It's happened one time. That's why I can say that. You can't just say, Oh, it could happen to anybody.
2: It, no. Yeah,
0: it, it's like saying, Oh, you know, you yeah. could you could
2: drown on land. It could happen to anybody. Like, no, you can't. MLB records don't happen to just anybody.
1: Yeah. If it happened once, it could happen again. That's all I'm saying. And it's a similar type of hitter.
2: Okay. That's
0: it. You can you could also get struck by lightning and win the lottery in one day, but it's probably not going to happen. It could happen. That's all I'm saying.
2: When Chris Davis was hitting like 50 bombs a year, he was still hitting like 210. We forget that Stanton hits like two. I mean, his worst seasons are like 260, 270. Stanton's a fucking good player. Listen, I'm
1: not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I don't hope it's going to happen. Whatever. Shut up. I don't even want to hear you finish the sentence. I I
2: I am the biggest Stanton criticizer probably in the history of fucking baseball. But that, I think, is a little too far. I don't think there's ever a situation where I'd want Tyler Wade or Mike Ford in the lineup over Stanton.
0: Thank you. Let's move on. I don't either. I don't either. Just shut up. Just shut up. I don't either. Shut up. We're Mm -hmm. moving on. That's all I'm saying. Twist so, my words. When no one's twisting your words. You twisted your own words. Continue. <laughs> we're problem, done. The problem we're done. is we know what you're saying. That's we're done. the problem. We're done. And it's we're wrong. We're done. Okay, next. Done. Glaber is clearly not good at defense. It's just a fact.
2: And you know, I, I mean... Glaber, I know
0: yeah. Ch- Chandler prepared the stats for us, and it's it's. I think it is officially a problem. Because when you look at it, he has nine errors at shortstop this year, 933 fielding percentage compared to a 983 MLB average. I mean...
2: I mean, like, well, yeah. here's my fielding percentages and everything. Obviously, I mean they have all the metrics and all that. Yeah. If you want to get into the nerd department, but I mean that right there, you shouldn't be that far off. No, I
0: mean, and that's- I mean he's clearly not the best on. He wasn't the best at second base, and everyone was saying like, oh, you know, he's a he's a he's a shortstop by trade. So like, when we move him to there, he'll be better. Wasn't much better. If actually he was worse at shortstop, so. I mean when you look at that, obviously a young player, he can get better and he's clearly he's not the Miguel Andujars of the world. He's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And he, he does make the flashy plays, which makes you think and you're like, Oh, what like come on, Glaber, just make the routine ones and that bothers me so much. Like his double plays are sweet, but when he boots one, I'm like, What are you doing, Glaber? Obviously he's an offensive player, but I'm just thinking in my head, are there alternate options. Obviously, he's going to be in the lineup, but do we potentially look for a guy like Didi? I, I mean, I, we we're going to get into the offseason a little bit, but I think this fits. Why don't we just talk about potential... Would you be opposed to going after Didi? Again, he's a free agent. Lefty bat also clearly can do it in Yankee Stadium. I would love to see Didi come back. Obviously, I think he had a great year. I'm not sure. Chandler, if you want to look it up, see Didi's stats this year, but...
2: I think- it's like a two eighty six hitter. I think he had 10 home runs.
0: And he had a good long. year. I mean, in the beginning of the year, he loves the early going always, but I remember him tearing it up as soon as the year started. But I would love to see Didi come back because let's say Didi comes back, then, I don't know, then we can do – here's the thing. And me saying Didi should come back isn't saying that the starting lineup should change. It's not saying, like, oh, that pushes DJ to first and that pushes Void out. Like, that doesn't, isn't what I mean. Clearly, if you're hurt all the time, depth isn't a bad thing to have. And when you're the Yankees who have a lot of money, I don't care how COVID affected you and you might, we'll see if it impacts spending. I, I, that's bullshit to me. The amount of money you got in your pocket, how Seinbrenner, is outrageous. I mean, The boss used to just take money straight up out of his pocket and pay for people. You got the money, you just don't want to spend it. And if there's any team that can pay players right now and eat a loss, it's the Yankees. And I get what they said. They said, we were impacted the most by COVID. Well, yeah, that's because annually you bring in the most revenue. And yeah, I guess you miss out on the, the biggest opportunity cost missed. Because you didn't get this year's revenue, but you got the last fucking 100 years revenue sitting in the bank account earning interest. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. So in terms of – I don't think they have any any reason to not spend this year. And I know a lot of people freaked out about that on Twitter. Like, oh, COVID happened. They won't be able to spend this year. Like, they don't have a budget. And if they do have a budget, then what are we doing here? Because you clearly have the money. It's not – there's no reason to not spend – and that's how we're going to operate the let's play gm segment of this podcast. I'm going to operate under the assumption that we're going to be the Yankees cuz you know, we have the money to be Yankees. Obviously, that doesn't mean we have to go out and spend crazy amounts of money irrationally cuz we already have a super high payroll, but I I would I would hope they would spend some money. Yeah. And I think
1: that aside from the obvious elephant in the room of pitching, we we do need depth in an infield position because I I do think we have the outfield depth. Um, because you know Clint Frazier being hopefully the I think he should be a starter, but having him and Gardner kind of be that that four spot is great. And you also have Mike Talkman, who's also a, a decent player too. I think that's like a very, very solid and deep outfield. My personal opinion of everybody is healthy. On the other side Big of the if. thing. It's, it's a big F, but that's besides the point. I was just saying that I think we're we're deeper in the outfield than we are in the infield.
0: Especially with Clint coming into a full year, being, yeah. being the starter, allegedly. I mean, yeah, who knows? But
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, again, my point was really just we're deeper in the outfield than we are in the infield. and We need, we need depth in the infield because we can't have... We can't rely on Tyler Wade to be our... First guy off the bench in the infield. If something if something goes down, no, which, and I actually if someone have, won, if someone does go down, which is inevitable,
0: I actually saw a potential move that I would love to see. I'll keep it in the old back pocket for when we get to the the uh, the free agency talks. But continue or or stop because that I'm stopping
1: that. That was my point. My point was that we can't have Tyler Wade be our our number no, one guy right. off the bench.
2: Let me throw this out here. I mean, so Luke was talking about you know you don't necessarily need to trade Luke or G or anything. People forget that we had DD, DJ, Gio, Andahar, Luke, and they all still got plenty of playing time. I mean, not Andahar, he ripped his shoulder in half, but <laughs> I mean, DJ still played 145 games with that. So, I mean, yep. that's still a possibility. I mean, even with that
0: being, like, that is a, an amazing problem to have. Like, I would love, I would so much rather have, like, instead of having a few superstars who get hurt, I'd rather have like six or seven above-average guys who can, you know, platoon it and play. I mean, look at what the Rays are doing right now. Obviously, it's a it's a scenario where it doesn't really happen that often. It's harder to do to obviously do the analytics, and they're clearly way far in advance of what we got on the analytics department. But anyway. They have like platoons. You got Mike Brasso, who's the guy leading it, like just winning games for you, and he doesn't play the next day. And then you got guys like Randy Rosarena, who who's hurt of you, and then you're the MVP of the league right now in the playoffs. And then you got, and he might he didn't play like game one or whatever. You know, it's just guys that are platooning and you mix and match. And if if clearly are your your guys are injury prone, that's an easy way to make them not injury prone. You have them scheduled off days, and the scheduled off days don't become oh, fuck, what are we going to do without so-and-so? It's like, oh, no, we have a capable player in Didi Gregorius who can step in. Or, and obviously, honestly, I think this might be a perfect situation for Didi. Obviously, he's getting a little older, but he's still playing fine. And that's a lefty bat. So you can do the plug-and-play thing where, I mean, maybe not to the extent that the Rays do, where they literally throw out an entire righty lineup or an entire lefty lineup, but you can come damn close. It clearly is working right now, and... I don't know that that's just one move. We'll get into more of the moves later, but to wrap up the season, because I do want to get to the, to the, the free agency. Cause I got a lot of ideas that I, they may be crazy. May get me run Love out. of series. Maybe may get me run out of Yankees, Twitter town, but you know, whatever we'll get there. Lastly, I wanted to give, I want you to grade Garrett Cole's first year with the Yankees. Garrett Cole's first year with the Yankees.
1: Um, Listen, I think that he proved he was worth the signing in his first season. It hey, was cool.
0: move on. Um, we got yeah. every, we got everything we wanted out of Garrett Cole and more. There's no, nobody in the world who should say we didn't. So that's that. Next topic: Aaron Boone is guaranteed to come back. Thoughts? <sighs> this has been a little bit of a rapid fire. Um, rapid fire. I I'm gonna go with.
1: I uh, don't
0: (laughs) clearly don't have an answer.
1: I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because I think that, um, based on a lot of the conversations that we've heard from a lot of people in the Yankee organization, a lot of the Yankee reporters, that some of the decisions about the pitching matchups and stuff like that, the postseason did come from you know higher ups in the organization. I'm not gonna defend Boone because he made a ton of horrible mistakes and horrible decisions, in my opinion. So. I'm okay with him coming back, I think for the, for next year, but um, well, good, I don't know. Back. I'm like, I'm so iffy because I don't be. <laughs> love it. I don't love it. and I don't hate it. If that makes any sense. I, I hate it more than I like it. Does that, yeah. does that answer your question? I'm at like a four and a half out of 10.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I personally, like you said, all the, everybody who was like calling for Boone's job. Yeah. I don't like Boone and I would like a better a- manager. And it's, Tiring to see him continuously get outmanaged by like everybody, especially when you just. I mean, we just lost to Kevin Cash, who was probably one of the better managers in baseball, if not the best. So, a lot of people think he is the best. And he, it, it, it's embarrassing when he can so easily outmanage Boone. And when we pull that, you know, the j Hap, Debbie switcheroo, which. Ooh, J Happ, like that that you really, it, that know, really funny. fooled them. And my favorite quote is when JJ said like, Oh, they'll <laughs> like boon to Cashman. Oh, they they'll be so worried about uh those they named Debbie the starter, right? Wait,
1: wait. Yeah, they named Debbie the starter. Yeah, they
0: named Debbie the starter. It's like, Oh my god. They they will be so worried about like Debbie that they'll never be ready for an eighty three mile per hour fastball down the dick from J Happ. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Like I, I, th- I thought it was funny too when the reporter after the third inning or something like game you know, they went over to Kevin Cash and they were like, "Hey, like you know, yeah, uh, you know, Devy started the game, then Hap came in. Like, did you, were you guys fool at all?" And Kevin Cash was like, "Didn't even blame. You know, yeah, we we didn't <laughs> expect it, but you know, we're fine. <laughs> like, clearly, Wasn't even phased. Yeah. And that's just a, a prime example of." Aaron Boone got outmanaged 1,000% that series. And well, that was Aaron Boone trying
0: to make, trying to make do his best Kevin Cash impression because he thought he needed to do that, but he could have just been the Yankees and just started a starter and that's that or let, He's Dev, never done let Debbie before. go I just that don't, game. I
1: don't get it. I don't get it. He's I don't want to talk about before, that series. Whatever.
0: Start. Aaron Boone clearly makes some... That wasn't his decision, but he does the decisions that are his. The pinch hitters, the bullpen moves, all bad, pretty okay, much real, all bad.
2: Pinch hitter, what in the fuck was Mike Ford for Higgy? Thank you. That? I yeah, mean, that, I we're, know we're not talking about it, but that's, we could talk that's about it. That's inexcusable.
0: No, I and I tweeted it when it happened too. I was like, Mike Ford for Higgy makes absolutely no sense, and and that's just. I don't want to get too too much into that series, but that is a microcosm of Aaron Boone's decision making, and that is a time where you need to make something happen. Like you, you need that is you need to be on your game right when he made that decision, and that was quite possibly the worst decision he's ever made as a manager. So that
1: that's not a that's not a lefty righty situation. That's a who's good situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, I it up just because I was curious, because I was like, man, I can't fucking remember the last time Mike Ford got a hit. He was 0 for nineteen in September. How is that the guy that you choose? That's fucking hot to come in. Give me Tyler Wade over that.
0: And he's done that before. With he's brought in an ice cold Miggy in uh, to bring out Clint, who or to bring out Talkman, who he just brought in for Clint the the at bat prior. So he clearly does it all the time, and these are ingrained in my brain, and I shouldn't have to worry about. I don't want to talk about intelligence again because I mean I don't know, but you know, not smart, not smart, and I'm not. I mean, the Yankees should win games, but clearly, you know, he's not helping in that regard. But, you know, we got to deal with it. And I think we should be able to power through. And, you know, obviously some structural changes need to be made because the analytics don't work for us. And I don't know how you can roll out the same team again and again and again. And not only the same team, but the same style of team is my biggest concern. Is that. You can't just like clearly everybody knows that the elephant in the room Yankees haven't made a world series in however many years. They haven't won one since 09, yada, yada, yada. Everybody knows it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. How can you, as a, as a, like the back end guys, the structural guys, the analytics guys, the people that are feeding these decisions to Boone, and then he's just the patsy. He gets, you know, hung up on the cross and he just like, he's to blame. But, they don't come out and say anything. They don't like say, Oh, I was the one who, who had the idea for the switcheroo. Like, I would like to see those people and let make maybe have them lose their job and not Boone because clearly Boone is just taking the heat for it. But anyway, how can you look at this team and the style of team and the home runner bust style and just say, Yeah, run it back. Everything's fine because you can't like it. And you look at the other teams and the teams that are winning aren't that they're not home runner bust. They're the teams that get on. They're the teams like the Rays that are. Getting hits, they're doing the little things, they're doing everything. They're pitching, they're pitching, they have pitching depth. They have a full stable of guys who throw 98. But then you also look at teams like, you know, the Royals back in the day. They were pretty much the Rays now. They do all the little things, they bunt, they're fast, they do everything like that. I want that. And obviously, I know it's difficult to make that shift, especially year to year, but I want to start moving towards something along those lines, especially when you have guys that are as big of home-runner bus guys like Judge and Stanton that are probably going to be with your team for a little while, I think the other guys that you sprinkle in need to be guys like DJ Wood, which brings us to him absolutely needing to come back, and I don't know why he hasn't been re-signed, but I think the whole team needs to be built more like that and less of the home-runner bus, because clearly it doesn't work and hasn't worked for the last 10-plus years. Yeah, I think it's that's my like, like, uh... Uh, That's my TED Talk.
1: <laughs> right. I think it, it's so true because you saw the impact that LeMahieu brought to the team these past two years. Like it's it's uncanny. It, it's night and day. Like uncanny. you look at a, you look at a guy who has is like literally the heart and soul of the lineup. He just does not get out. I don't understand it. He I'm I have never been more confident watching it at bat than D.J. LeMahieu. That is plain yeah. and simple. It's plain and yeah. simple.
0: I mean, there is no reason he should not be re-signed. And I've said this before, too. And this is all I'll say about D.J. LeMayu because there's nothing to debate here. He should be a Yankee like yesterday. Like, he should never be not in pinstripes. And I don't care how long, how many years you give him. Whatever. I don't care. He's He, he has it, and he. we talked about this with Scott when he came on, he has a type of game that ages well. He's not a power hitter that relies on strength and athleticism like that. He has good eye. He, he he has good vision, and he can hit for contact. That plays. He's like Ichiro. He'll play for a while. It's his type of play. He's never. He's not a fast guy to start, so it's not like he's gonna get slower. I mean, if he does, who cares? He's gonna hit. He's gonna get on base. That's it. DJ LeMahieu should and, be. And guess what? On and guess Yankees. what? He's also a, he's also a go glover. That always helps, right? That helps too. And he can play every position in the world. Here's the thing, too. To go circle back to. What I said about the Yankees not having an excuse to not spend money, I've said this before, too. If the Yankees don't re-sign DJ LeMayu to whatever the hell he wants, that means another team is signing him to whatever the hell he wants. And all of the other teams dealt with COVID, and if he's signing to, let's say, I don't know, I'll throw a number out there, like $30 million, I don't know if that's what he's going to get, but if he gets $30 million a year from any other team, I'm going to riot. Because if he gets it from somebody else who has less money than the Yankees, I'm no longer a fan of the Yankees. That's it. Simple as that. Because this is literally the guy who is the only one who isn't home run or bust other than Gio, but mainly him. I want guys yeah, you- like DJ, carbon copied. If I, I want him 12 times on this team. And if I can't have one, I don't know. I think it might be time to hang him up. Hey, I'll hang up the microphone and shut down the podcast.
1: You, you can't, you just cannot let that guy go. And if he does, like you said, that's it. I, I don't know, there's, there's no words I can put together to justify that.
2: It's like, I don't want to hear the fucking payrolls and excuse, like you were saying. I mean, think of the money that's coming off the books. We're finally rid of that fucking bum Ellsbury this year. He's gone forever. <laughs> I don't ever want to mention his name again. He's off the books. That's the last part of him. He's gone. He's gone. I mean, theoretically, Tanaka's off the books. Which God, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. pump the brakes. We'll get we'll get there. Yeah, but know, you but... did you did
0: have some good things that you wrote down about the DJ comparisons to none other than Robbie Cano, don't you know? So why don't you enlighten the people about well,
2: that? I have these written down here. I have their slash lines from uh, Cano's two year peak and DJ's two years with it, uh, with us. I mean almost identical you're looking at dj at 336 386 536 so 922 ops 36 home runs and keep in mind one of those is the shortened year and then you got cano his two-year peak i mean in this peak he's 29 and 30 years old so it's a year difference in age i mean he's 313 381 583 and a 914 ops so i mean again these aren't the end all be all they're not the most telling stats in the world but i mean this is the guy that we wanted to open the fucking the bank account for was Robinson. No, you've got a guy that actually hustles and everything a DJ. I, I mean, how can you not give him the same treatment?
0: Yeah, I mean the same treatment would be letting him walk. So, I would, well, like, you know, I
2: would like to give him this, a different fans, treatment. Let's bring this guy back, not from the front office.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so why don't we just bring it into the off-season talks? So my off-season plan. I tweeted this out before, but. This is how I would do it. Obviously, let me know if you guys would make any changes. But number one, like we said, back up the brink's truck for D.J. LeMahieu. Number two, let Paxton and Tanaka both walk. Hear me out. Three, I would make a big play for Bauer. And clearly, obviously, I'm not buying too much into the trolling, because obviously he's trolling everybody. But again, you're the Yankees. You have the most money. You can. You are the best suited to make a big splash. Especially, honestly, now that we were talking about before, everybody was hurt by COVID, including us. But we are the only team, not the only team, but we were one of the few teams that are able to withstand a hit from COVID. So now that, that lowers the playing field for other teams that are trying to sign a big market free agent. So if half the teams can't do that and have a legitimate excuse not to spend money because they don't have Yankees-type money saved up or whatever, then there's few teams who can be actual suitors for guys like Trevor Bauer. So if anything, it's way it's a little more likely than people think. Obviously, he's trolling people and he could go anywhere, but I think the amount of suitors are definitely lower because of that. Uh, if you do that, then the possible rotation that I'm assuming would be uh, opening day would be Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer. That's scary. One and two. I have Severino at three, but he won't be available till June or July. But, you know, obviously that's going to be the bulk of the year is going to be Luis Severino. And obviously we hope to get him back to be fully Luis Severino again. Then Debbie Garcia, obviously he showed flashes of being a very capable pitcher in the league in his age 21 year. Is he 21 or 22? I think he's
2: 21. Younger 21. than I
0: am. So, in he clearly can be that guy. I mean, he's, did the switcheroo with him, but you know he's got it. He's got this stuff clearly, and that could be either him and then you could do a Domingo situation depending on what you want to do with him. We'll get into him in a little bit. But then it's either him, Domingo, Schmidt, or or Montgomery. And you really don't need to make too many big splashes with the with the rotation considering you have the two young guys and Severino coming back. And Domingo situation, whatever you want to do. But you got a lot of starting you got a lot of starting pitchers that you could play with. And I think adding one more horse to the top would make this thing actually a-, like a-, a World Series team because clearly it was an issue. Obviously injuries are are largely due to that. And one way to avoid being too dependent on a few players is getting a bunch of players. So naturally adding a guy like that or other players too. There's a few other names that I wanted to bring up, but that's an unbelievable playoff rotation that can win and make a deep playoff front. And when you have, and when you have your guys, like you think about the ALDS and the ALCS and you usually use three horse starting pitchers. You have Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, and Lou Severino as your three. We're not losing. And especially with the bullpen that we do have, which I would like to also add a few more. And we'll get into a little bit of the bullpen conversation in a bit, but that makes me really have a lot of peace of mind knowing that that would be the starting rotation and as deep as it is with the young guys too, with high upside also. Four, I would add, like I said, strong bullpen depth because that was one of our biggest weaknesses down the stretch. It seemed like one of the top aspects of this team, but when guys like Lee go down, you started to notice how thin it actually was and especially when some guys don't really perform as they usually do it made it look a little bit worse than it was too. So adding maybe a guy or two, we'll talk about the potential options there, but yeah, that would be, that'd be my moves. So what would you guys make? Um, I,
1: I agree with a lot of that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that it's, it's cool. pretty obvious that the the starting pitching is the biggest thing that we need right now. And I think 100. You let you let Paxton walk. I I think he's not gonna get any better. He did negative a negative point four WAR and he had a six point six four ERA this season. Um, that's not pretty, and not I don't want
0: doesn't have fastball
1: doesn't have velo anymore. I just don't feel confident in him pitching. I don't want him back, and I think he's a waste of of money at this point. And he made. 12 million last year so that's 12 million that we can put in a lot of other places that are actually going to be helpful to the team and not just waste space and give up home runs so i think i definitely agree with that the tanaka part of it i i partly agree with um so i here's the thing i i think in theory it's great to be optimistic that we have you know debbie garcia we have clark schmidt we have you know, Mike King, we have these young arms who could potentially be these great starting pitchers. However, it's potential, right? We've seen Debbie Garcia. I think that I'm confident Debbie Garcia is going to be a decent starting pitcher, if not a great starting pitcher. I think he's proven that Clark Schmidt has thrown a couple innings, but he hasn't had enough sample size of a Outing where I'm like, yeah, he's going to be a confident. I'm confident in him pitching next year. Like, I I don't think that we're in a spot where we can say, you know, yeah, let's just let's just throw the ball. Let's not let's not sign Tanaka back because we're confident in these two guys who can bring it together, and we'll sign Trevor Bauer. Right? I I just and Severino's not going to be back until what late maybe June maybe, right? So June July. So like we need to be. We need solid pitching, and I don't think that I'm like a hundred percent sold on the Devin Garcia, Clark Schmidt situation because we just haven't seen enough from them. And that might make me lean more towards signing Tanaka if he's like willing to do some sort of you know friendly team deal if he if he it's wants to gonna. come back.
0: I know. I don't I don't think he's that's going why, to be that's things. the reason why I'm letting him walk, because he won't do that. So I'm saying I am saying I'm potential. Obviously if you sign potential. him for dirt, then yeah, I'll take Tanaka. I'm not back. saying
1: dirt. I'm just saying not the 22 million he made last year. I'm, you know. Here's my biggest concern,
0: my biggest concern with Tanaka is that he is a Tommy John waiting to happen. Like he clearly he's been avoiding it. He had that he was going to get Tommy John. He's been, John. Avoiding, it he's been avoiding it for 6 years. He's been avoiding it for 6 years. He's he's going to eventually get it or you know, it's just I, like I said before we're trying to avoid this injury prone players this is a guy where you it's not even injury prone he has an injury it's just he's prolonging it and he's just not doing anything about it and he's just decided ah whatever we'll just deal with it like I that's not really what you want I mean I'd rather have the guy see so here's the thing Tanaka I don't know I know JJ talked about this too and he was talking about whether it was success a success with Tanaka or not I don't think you can say it was it was undoubtedly a success with Tanaka with, with, throughout his his uh signing with the Yankees career 374 ERA uh, 78 and 46 win percentage again that's with the Yankees too so you're going to get the wins don't really matter to me and i don't know with him he 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 doesn't strike me as like a, oh you got to sign him back Especially, like I said, when you have the young guys, I know they're unproven, but when you have a team like the Yankees that it can put up runs, especially during the regular season in a full 162, I don't—I'm not as worried if they're in the, in the back end of a rotation and you have to, that amount of run support behind them. And I think that's a little bit of a trial by fire, like. I mean, Devy, talk about trial by fire. You threw him out there literally into the fire, asking a lot out of him. I think he can handle the Orioles in a random Tuesday afternoon in Camden Yards. But I- 100%. 100%. Uh, my, my point is just I, I want to have somebody
1: else who we can be a solid pitcher where we're not just kind of trusting in these two young guys because you have – in the beginning of the season, at least, you have Garrett Cole – and, and that's like, you know it's like you don't have anyone else where you can say you know this is the guy who's going to be our confident game two starter right now if you don't have a you know a Tanaka there or so, or somebody else who can be there right if, if you're say hey let's get rid of Tanaka and Paxton for Trevor Bauer sure go ahead that's a great one too and then maybe you can get away with doing a Debbie three and then figuring it out the four and five right so like I think if we get rid of the, if we get rid of Tanaka and Paxton, you need to have a big name guy come into that two spot. Yeah, there's, and just, there's was, no question.
0: I was looking at obviously Bauer would be number one, and I would love to you know break the piggy bank open for that. Which I don't know. I don't know if that. I don't know how likely that is. I would probably put it. I, mean, I don't. I know nothing. But if I were to put a number to it, I'd probably put it at like three out of ten chance we get him because of the situation with DJ and because of what Hal's already said about the spending and if if that's asking a lot especially coming off a season where we just signed garrett cole to the biggest contract he ever. could also
1: go wherever he wants to right like everyone wants to wants him so it's almost not even up to the yankees it's more up to up to trevor bauer and where he wants to go
0: yeah and like, but there there are a few other names that we can get that, that are Capable pitchers, like I mean, Marcus Stroman comes to mind. He opted out of this season, but I would like—I wanted him to come over in that trade in the year prior that he went to the Mets. So I would love to see Marcus Stroman. I think, I mean, he did well with the Mets in New York, so he can clearly do it in New York. I think, I think Marcus Stroman would be a good addition. Uh, he doesn't really have the injury history that some the other pitchers we have in Paxton, who we know is hurt, Tanaka, who we know is hurt, and j Happ who just sucks. So <laughs> it's just. To me, Marcus Stroman would be a great addition, and he wouldn't be that much money as much as Trevor Bauer. Obviously, considering he opted out last year, so the, the I mean, there's not much to go off of as much as I mean, Trevor Trevor Bauer's Cy Young year. That obviously you're gonna have to pay the guy a ton, but mm-hmm. a few other big free agents that I wanted to go after that I had my eye on, uh, obviously the starting pitching and the bullpen were two of the main concerns, but with the bats. This is in no particular need. In no need, maybe some depth, that I, just pieces I that I liked, that I would like to see in pinstripes in Yankee Stadium with a short porch. I would love to see Jock Peterson. I would love to see that lefty power bat in that lineup. And we have had a righty-dominant team for the longest time, and he's outfield depth, so I actually don't think it's that crazy. They clearly didn't really care too much for him. They traded him to... Uh, the Angels for a day, and then he got he came back <laughs> during that whole group. Uh, uh, Bruce Star Gratterall trade that didn't happen because of a physical, but you know, I would love to see Jock Peterson in pinstripes. He's like I said, that's depth too. And when you got days where you're starting, you know, I don't even remember the names that were out there, but some I mean, some of the names we had during this season in a shortened season, mind you, in a in a one sixty two where you're going to have scheduled off days on top of injuries. It doesn't hurt to get guys like that. And he's not going to be that expensive. He's, and he's a great power bat. Again, I do understand that I'm contradicting myself with the home runner bust. I just think that'd be fucking sweet to have that lefty bat who is up. He can hit it out of the park. And he, and that ball is coming to us all the time in section 205. I'd love to see that. A few other names that I did want to look at were obviously going back to my strategy. Michael Brantley's a free agent. Michael Brantley had been one of the ones who is continuously competing with DJ for the batting titles. I'd love to see him. Again, outfield depth is a lot of positions, a lot of games to be played. That doesn't necessarily pump anybody out of their starting position. Uh, Ozuna had a great year this year. Don't know if that's a possibility, but he's obviously a free agent. Uh, Yasiel Puig isn't with the team yet right now. He's still because he had COVID and that ship sailed, but more depth, capable player. Much more capable than you know some of our lower end pieces, i.e. Tyler Wade, as much as we like Tyler Wade. I'd rather see somebody else in there who's who can do it at a major league level. Um, another big lefty bat that I didn't mention that we're definitely not going to get is Anthony Rizzo. He's probably going to go back to the Cubs, but that'd be sweet. Another lefty bat.
1: Yeah. I mean like I sure they're all nice to haves but everyone you just named are just not fitting into the team. Jack Peterson. <laughs> so, Jack Peterson. I, I don't know. know. I mean yeah, I love I love the guy but at the end of the day and Brantley would absolutely
0: a, fit. Brantley's a actually, you know what?
2: If we if we could He's have, a lefty
1: bat but where are you going to put him? Like he's not a good outfield.
0: fielder.
1: He's not a good fielder though.
2: Say so he's not a good fielder.
1: But I'm saying, like, what are you going to do? You, like, we you just spent money on Hicks. What are you going to do with Judge? And then you have a, one one spot left over where you have a good Clint Frazier, you have Gardner on his way out, and then you have one no, other no, player.
0: Gardner's a free agent. He's not on his way out. We hit the door in the back of him
2: and say goodbye. That's it. I- Cashman's got a blind loyalty to him that I just don't get. Yeah. He played for the Yankees, so he's fucking 90. I'm pretty sure. Like.
0: I mean, the thing is too, that makes me think he's gonna come back is that he obviously left on a high note and they're gonna be like, oh, wanna do it one more time? And then what's gonna bother me, and this is the storyline to look into, the what for, what to watch for for next year, is I know this Clint shit is gonna happen again, even though he was just named the starter, and then the first game that actually matters, they just say, oh, you know what? Scratch that, you're not the starter anymore. Like, you name somebody the starter, make him the fucking starter. The starter means the person plays. I don't know if so, who needs to tell Boone that or Cashman that, but starter means you're the guy who plays one through nine every day, and especially in the games that matter. So, if I re- I really want the band aid to just re- be ripped off with with him, because, I do too. Because then this whole conversation is gonna happen, and I I could see us talking about it right before opening day, like, oh, do you think? You think Brett Gardner is going to start and then left, or you think it's going to be Clint? And I'm going to be like, I really hope it's Clint. And then when the lineup comes out and it's Brett, I'm going to cry. It makes, yeah, it makes no sense for Brett Gardner to be there. And I
1: guess what I was trying to say was if we're going to sign a bat, I'd, I'd rather it be an infield bat if we're talking about depth. that That's, that's my main point because I do think that we have – uh, I don't know, but I'm saying, I keep saying more depth in the outfield, but then I keep forgetting that John Carlos Dance can be a DH forever. So, I don't know. I think we need depth, but if we're talking about free agency signings, obviously we need the pitching um, first. On, but depth is always good.
2: I mean, DD is the life of that clubhouse when he's there. I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to R2C2 or whatever with CC and everything. Whenever he was on the team, I mean, listen to him talk about it. Everybody loves the guy. He's the guy that yeah. brings the entire clubhouse up. You watch us in the playoffs, everybody's sitting there staring at the dirt. The Rays are jumping out of the dugout, waving people around, going just absolutely crazy, and we're just sitting there staring at the fucking ground. So I would love to have Didi D- back just for, I mean, that alone. The yeah. dude's an amazing yeah. clubhouse guy. And
0: And you get the emoji things after the game again. That I, I, I miss seeing those. Kids. That's the best part. And honestly – yeah, I mean, there's nothing nothing to hate about that. And one more trade that I would make, a trade, not one more, a trade I would make, would be, and hear me out, I know people have said this too, but I kind of buy into it. And this might be a rounding third. So i we play the music. Oh.
2: Feel that ball is going to.
0: So my rounding third, and for those of you that are listening to us for the first time, rounding third is I'm going to have I have an idea, and I'm going to pitch it, and you guys are going to tell me if I'm safe or out. So, obviously, Luke Voigt. I'm the biggest hater of Luke Voigt. I like Luke Voigt. His stock is extremely high. Highest it's ever been. Highest it ever will be. First base is a very, very thin position across the league. What if... We traded Luke Voigt for a guy like Whit Merrifield. I didn't come up with this. I've seen this somewhere else, but I, I really don't hate it. So a guy like Whit Merrifield, who is literally a better version, a way better version of Tyler Wade, he's Tyler Wade who can actually hit and play baseball. He plays every position. He's fast. He can hit for average. He He's like the DJ type guy. He could play literally every position. I already said that, but he can play every position like Tyler Wade can. He's a better Tyler Wade. So, I know Voigt is amazing, and I'm not saying necessarily that I want this, but I'm saying it'd be interesting. And I think, you know, usually you want to sell stocks when they're high. So I don't see his stock ever being higher than this. Safer out.
1: I think I think you're you're out in my opinion. <laughs> I, it's a great on paper. Or it's a great theory. <laughs> But you can't just trade away the guy that is like the best player on the team at the moment.
0: Why JJ wanted to trade Judge? Judge is the best.
1: Judge is the best player on the team right now.
0: Yes, he is. Bite your tongue.
1: I I'll say it. I just said it again. I'll say it. The only way you say I'll say it. No, I mean like I don't know. There's just no like you said. First base is a thin position. Who's going to play there now? DJ. Boom! I I don't I don't love DJ at first, at first base, and then we're, we're who's playing second base? you are gonna throw Glaber at second again, and put Didi sign Didi and yeah. have him at shortstop. I mean,
0: I, I thought sure. I, I mean, you you acted like all of the moves I didn't already explain leading up to this. This is actually the move that makes sense. You're like, oh, what are you gonna do? Exactly what you said ten minutes ago. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I don't know. It's oh, just... then what are you gonna do? Sign Didi? Oh, or... <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know. We're just we're, now we're the same team we had <laughs> two years ago.
0: <laughs> Made it further than we did this year, so I guess so. I guess so. I think Whit Merrifield would be a great addition. I, I don't. Obviously, I don't think this is very likely to happen, but that's why we're playing GM. So yeah. What 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 else we got for today?
2: Before we move on. We uh, we have to talk about Zach Britton. I was literally about to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. So. Obviously,
0: obviously, there's the Britain controversy, not controversy, but Britain. He seemed like a capable closer when Chapman was gone. Chapman, I did want to bring it up before. We, I know uh, Britain has an opt out, but I don't think he's gonna opt out. He's probably not going to.
2: Huh? That's on us. We have to re-sign him for 2022, or he can opt out. Like, or I mean, he's good to get. Or he's a free agent for 2021, or some shit like that. It's, yeah, it's I don't know. Backwards thing I've ever seen, but. I think
0: he, I think the Yankees have no choice but to sign him. The, he was one of the only bullpen guys we have. We have to add him and then some. And moreover, on that, obviously, I want him re signed no matter what. But are we having a legitimate conversation now about him being a potentially viable option as being the closer? Because you look at Chapman, obviously, I like Chapman, but he's blown for, for a high, high, high leverage guy with a name like Ronalds Chapman and like he he's supposed to be that big closer he won AL reliever of the year last year he's blown a lot of big games he's blown this year's game uh, this year save at the end of it he blew the uh ALCS last year he blew the World Series game it, the, the Rajai Davis home run he blew that one like you look at a guy like that and you look at when you you want Chapman for the times like that, like you want your your best reliever for a moment that is as big as that, and he hasn't done it three times. He's zero for three in three of the biggest moments he's ever been in. When do you start to have that conversation, or is the conversation already happening with Britain higher on the trust tree than Chapman in a situation like that? Um,
1: the conversation should be had for sure. I just don't so know. Happen? I I just don't know if. Britain is the answer, in my opinion. I don't know if I'm like so much more confident in Zach Britton going out there than I am in Rollins Chapman. I don't have that feeling right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like I think Chapman is not of a good track record so far. I don't feel great throwing him out there in a high leverage situation in a playoff game again. But I also am like, am I gonna feel great if Zach Britton was out there? I don't know. I don't really think so.
2: I don't even think. Confidence thing at this point. I mean, if you send Chapman out, let's say it's ALCS game seven next year and he blows another game, he's, I mean,
1: that's it. It That's it for him.
2: He's done mentally. So, I mean, I have confidence in him, but if he blows another one, what does that do to a guy's career?
0: Yeah. I mean, then he's the guy who is 0 for 4 in the biggest four situations in his entire life. Like, not not even, he didn't get one. Like, there's no, I, he's 0 for 4. Like, that would be crazy. It's still crazy as 0 for 3. Obviously, like, he's good, at, like, all year round, usually. Obviously, I sweat just as much as he does when he's in the in 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 the game, but I don't know. He, he doesn't seem like he's as, like, locked down as, you know, some of the guys in the Rays' bullpen. Like, Nick Anderson allowed, like, one hit this year. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah. a guy, you got a guy like that. I don't know. I, I think the conversation... If it's not already being had, it should be thrown around there. I'm not necess- necessarily saying that we need to, you know, take his closer role away and give it to Britain, but that's a storyline again going into this year, and that's what this whole episode's about storylines. So, a couple of relievers I did want to look at, and I know Chandler mentioned this too. I think a Dell and reunion would be cool. I don't know if, how well he did this year, but. That was That's what we said before this season started. Like, yeah, sure, Mets. Go take potansis He'll rehab for a year, and then we'll take him back. So I, for one, would love that. He's only 33. He has a $6 million player option with the Mets with a $3 million buyout. I, don't, I, I think he'd rather be here with the Yankees, and I think he thrives with us. I would love to see it. Again, I'm picking the, all of the Yankees to come back. But those are the Yankees that I liked. So... That was one of the options that I had. Um, I also want to go. I, I want to look at like the Sidewinders. I want some of those guys. I want like for our our best we weird guy. Give it, we can give like him. I don't know. Free credit to the vending machine, and he'll come. Like just give Darren O'Day any contract, and that's that. You don't even have to be the Yankees for that. Like that's a guy that the A's would sign in Moneyball. Like we'd lo- get Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day actually. Might be right up there with DJ Lemayu for me to sign. I want Darren O'Day to be in <laughs> pinstripes. With that All being right. said, I also want. Who was it? Well, actually, David Robertson could bring him back too for another cheap deal. There's a lot of relievers. There's a lot of relievers <laughs> on this awesome list.
2: Team.
0: I am bringing back the 2017 team. I want them to have redemption. They should have won it that year. But there, there are. There, I feel like there's a lot of cheap names on this list. Darren O'Day, Mark Melanson. Uh, David Robertson, fucking Sergio Romo. I don't know. How you know, he
1: did. we need. I want. I want some oh, scrappy bullpen. I, want I do too. Bullpen. That's what I'm
0: saying. I want that Moneyball. I want some
1: scrappiness in the bullpen.
0: I'm all about I, I want, scrappy. I want to
1: pick up a guy who just like who's who just never had a career before comes out and just you know never allows a hit. I like want the some wild guy thing
0: the- guy. Like the wild yeah. thing guy. I want to just get. I want one of those. I want just like you might. You don't have to be good at baseball. Just look like you're good at baseball. Look scary. Yeah. You know?
2: Guy from the A's that won the uh, the little pitching thing in the stands or whatever. Yeah, he was
0: doing the uh,
1: the velo thing. Oh, on, and like, they signed it, him the okay. day of. They signed him right away. Yeah,
2: yeah. Let I want that guy. Open treeouts. What do you th- <laughs> what do you think it takes to get somebody like Josh Hader? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, his name's been floated around to the Yankees for the past like seeming forever.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think that'll ever happen. I mean, Josh. I mean, listen. I would fucking love to have Josh Hader on the Yankees. Okay. Don't he? I think if we're talking about that now, he takes over the closer role day one. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it.
2: Absolutely. What do you do with Autovino? Just on a side note, is, is he, he kick, is he a free agent? Kick him to the curb. No, I think he's got one or two years left.
0: I mean, as it sits right now, if you look at the bullpen trust tree in in the playoffs. I mean he's below Jonathan Holder. When you, and when you're below She's Jonathan a- Holder, when you're below Jonathan Holder, that's not where you want to be as a pitcher, especially a pitcher that was so good the year prior. It's since the playoffs in 2019 he has just fucking lost everything. It's you know what it also is since since he started wearing his socks high. I've noticed that. Mm. I don't like it. He looks weird. He's not a, he's not a high sock guy. No. Ever yeah. if you could, uh, you know Chandler, if you could look up some stats, get the Sabre metrics on that. Since he's been wearing wow. his socks wow. high, what his ERA has been? Because <laughs> I'm sure it's in the thousands. He's got yeah. the infinity sign. You know, I looked it up for you. It's infinity.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. still coming down from infinity from that Blue Jays outing. They scored. Two God runs.
0: damn, that was so cringe. <laughs> but yeah, there's there. I like. I'm keep looking at this list. There's so many. Jake McGee. Oliver Perez is 40 years old. He could still spin it. That's the that's the gritty kind of guy we need in the bullpen. Oliver Perez is our Brad Hand. Guy. Brad Hand. I'd no. love to have Brad anyone Hand. anyone named Brad. I'm here for. I well, Brad, Brad, Brad Hand, Hand is actually good.
1: Yeah, we well, need some scrappy guys, man. Sean Can't, Doolittle. Sean Doolittle he is a big name though. He's gonna be a you know whatever.
0: But now we're just naming names. and reading off a list. Those to me seem like. The there are a lot of options. I'm just hoping that the Yankees explode. I, explore I those you options. know
3: what?
1: I I just hope that we, we make moves. I don't want to go through an all season where we we obviously have needs and then we don't do anything. That that's gonna be my biggest worry.
2: If I have to hear them tell me that our team is good as it is and we're built to win a World Series one more time, I, I'm gonna lose my mind.
0: That's I what I'm saying. They literally, how can you look at this team and not win a World Series for the first time in Yankees history? Like, I'm 23 years old. I saw one in 09. How old was I? Not that old. I didn't really get to live it. We're, we're, we started a podcast for a team that never treats us right. We fucking haven't seen shit. Like, how can you look at this team who hasn't done anything in the last 10 plus years and say, run that shit back? No, <laughs> you can't run that shit back because you're going to lose again. And it's going to be, I'm going to be more invested because it's going to be 162 and I'm going to be going to games. I'm giving you money. They literally open my wallet politely and take out 12 dollars $14 per beer every single time, 16 times a game because they stress me out when Chapman comes out in the ninth. And they continue to not let me have a World Series that I can actually, you know what it is? 09, I don't know how old I was during that. You do the math, but I need to be drunk for World Series, and I was not for 09. So that is my that is my new bucket list, and I will leave it at that. To end this episode off, because this is a long, kind of ridiculous episode, but we kind of just wanted to re- recap the season and the, you know do a little projection for the year. What are you most excited for going into this this next year, guys? <sighs>
1: Most excited. It's a loaded question. Um, it's a very loaded question. Who knows? Who knows? Fans? I don't even know, man. I'm just like, obviously fans. And that's a no brainer. Here's the thing. I think I'm more, I'm more excited to see um a Garrett Cole for a whole season. I'm excited to see, I don't know. I, I want to say an Aaron judge for a whole season again, but I'm gonna knock on wood because who the hell knows? I want to say Clint Frazier for a whole season, but obviously he's not going to get that chance. So a lot of my my hopefuls of what I'm excited for probably won't come true besides the Garrett Cole thing. But, you know, I, I just I hope I see the guys who we've been waiting to see play actually play. And I don't think that's too much to ask for.
0: No, I, I, I'd say I'm most excited to see Darren O'Day in pinstripes. And I know, you know I know it's happening.
1: I'm excited to see him and then like D-Rob sprint out of the, <laughs>
0: the bullpen. During a brawl? He's, he During loves the brawls. brawls.
1: Chandler, yeah. what do you think? And then Darren O'Day just on his, uh, behind him, just like, they'd be a good
0: duo.
2: They'd be a good duo. Uh, Lance and I'll run out there together. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: the scrappy bullpen that I just signed. <laughs> with. I could sign them with, with my salary. I'll just give them a couple Venmos, and then they, we're good. Then they can win a World Series. <laughs> That's all we need. We need the, we need the scrappy guys. who cares how much money they make if they don't do it and they're not scrappy and it's also the beard policy you can't really be scrappy when you don't have a beard that's That's why i'm not scrappy you guys are scrappy you're right i'm just saying all right i was gonna ask you guys what your favorite moments of the 2020 season one was but there aren't many so uh yeah, that's it for me.
3: Always better me. I don't want to ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. I don't.